Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a partnership between Shondaland Audio and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Bridgerton, the official podcast, your exclusive peek behind the curtain of Shondaland's Bridgerton series. This season, host Gabrielle Collins will be doing an episode-by-episode deep dive, breaking down all of the gossip and behind-the-scenes details. She'll be joined by Season 2 stars Jonathan Bailey, Simone Ashley, and Sharitha Chandran, alongside executive producer and director Tom Verica, and many more of your favorite cast and crew. So let's dive in with the first episode of Season 2. Capital R Rake finds Antony Bridgerton on the quest for the perfect wife, as long as she meets his list of requirements. Kate and Antony briefly meet, and Edwina is chosen as the diamond of the season. And to our surprise, Lord Featherington arrives, and he's not old or ugly at all. Today, host Gabrielle Collins is joined by Nicola Coughlin, who plays Penelope Featherington, and Trisha Brock, director of episodes 201 and 202. Hi, Nicola! Hello, how are you? Welcome back to Bridgerton, the official podcast. Thank you for having me back. I'm glad I didn't misbehave too much last time that I was afforded a second (laughs) invitation. (laughs) So what was it like returning, though, the first time on set? It was very surreal, actually, because, I mean, we wrapped season one, end of February 2020, so before the world shut down. So it's like, it was very weird. You know, you, you film the show, you finish, the world changes, then it comes out, it's this like monster hit and then you're going back. So for a lot of us, it was like, it was like one of the first times I'd like left the house <laughs> in a significant amount of time because, you know, we had no premieres, we had no nothing. We didn't get to, it was sad because we didn't get to like celebrate our, our work together. We did it like this over Zoom, but we didn't actually get any in-person events. So the first time I saw a lot of the people most of the people I should say because I was in Ireland was when we were back on set and I remember that first day we did a rehearsal in the Bridgerton drawing room and walking in it was like oh this is the set of Bridgerton the show like it was like and we kept saying like doesn't this feel like really weird (laughs) because you know but the last time we were there no one knew what we were doing and it was all kind of and then 
you're like, oh yeah, I remember seeing this on TV. Like this stuff feels like a TV set. This is quite strange. This is, you know, um, but weirdly we were all, I mean, you might think there was some trepidation, but there actually wasn't. We were all just very excited because there's like, you know, when you're an actor, you just want to make things that people hopefully enjoy. And we knew people did. And then also this story with Kate and Anthony, you know, we had known like the book fans let us know that this was one they were like, ready and gunning for and they were so so even in season one I was like I really hope we get to that story because I know people like really love it and are like very obsessed with it Mm -hmm. so to know we were coming back and it was just so nice to see everyone again and it is such and it's probably annoying but it is such a nice crew of people it genuinely so being around them again yeah it was it was very exciting Hi, Trisha. Welcome. It's really cool to get to talk to you. Thank you so much. We want to know the behind the scenes. We want to know your day to day. Can we just start with how how did you even get tapped to, to join this project? Boy, I have thought about that so many times, how I got so lucky. A year ago, last fall, so that would be fall of 2020, my daughter moved to London. And I was in New York City going, what? They left? And so then I called my agents and manager and I said, are there any shows in the UK? What's going on in the UK? Because, man, I would love to work there. And the next thing I knew, I was sent this script called Bridgerton. It had not, obviously it had not aired yet, but I was sent the script and I was, it's, it's a rare experience to be sent a script and have it read like a, a novel, have it be a page turner, have it be something that you literally cannot put down. And I was bowled over by by the script. And I was sent actually the first two episodes of season one to look at. And I mean, my eyes were on sticks. I could not believe what I was watching. It was one of the most brilliant, on so many levels, artistic shows I had ever seen on so many levels. It was extremely artistic because I, I already knew the writing was just like out of this world. And then to see the production design and the costumes and the actors, I was hooked. So I've just started going through a process with Shonda land and mercifully the universe was shining on me. I was, was tapped to direct the first two episodes of season two. It was a dream job. Well, for me, totally selfishly, I was like, well, now the veil has been lifted and I get to do all of this fun stuff that, you know, I didn't get to do as an actor. It lets you like flex your acting muscles as well, because, you know, there was so many like more challenges for me this time, because in season one, it had to be that she was very reserved and quiet. But getting to then do all the other sides of her this time, I was really excited for. Very excited. I think that's the joy of coming back for a second season is like not having to explain everything, Mm -hmm. because also now. Bridgerton is its own world you know it's a world that has its sort of its own rules and it's its own sort of fantasy so we don't need to sort of you know explain that yes there is a black queen and yes you know there is Ariana Grande at these balls you just accept it as it's Bridgerton which is amazing (laughs) um so yeah you could go in and you could it just felt like we went in at full speed this time like we all knew our characters we were ready to go you know also having seen the show we're like oh we get the tone like we totally know what we're going to do. And now we can like spread our wings and fly. It very much felt like that. Actually, how long ago did you get to season two scripts? It wasn't terribly long before we started, I think. I moved back over to London in March of 2021 and started in fittings. And I think we started filming in April, to my memory. 
Um, so yeah, not terribly far. We got them in like increments. So I think we got like eps maybe one to three or something, and then we're filming it. So we don't actually know the end of the season at the start. That's kind of great. It is because when you get the scripts, like you start hypothesizing what's going to happen. And Claudia and I do it a lot because there was a line in episode two that I sort of was like, oh, I'm not really sure why she's saying this. And they're like, oh, it's going to relate to a thing that happens in, you know, ep six. And I was like, oh, do you think that means this or that? Like, you know, you try and yeah, figure it out. And Oh my goodness. Betsy Beers actually is the one who said the detail in the script is so fine. There's a lot of detail. So things just kind of unfurl before your eyes on the page. Every sentence is like, from Gone with the Wind and Atlanta Burns. I mean, just that one sentence probably cost them a month of shooting. <laughs> but it was so funny because in, in a lot of scripts, people just like skip through screen direction and just try to get to the story. In Chris's scripts, the screen direction is everything. There's so many looks and details. Absolutely. Like it's Bridgerton language. So it's super flowery. There's always so much to remember. There was one line in this season where if I can remember it correctly, it was, you are obstinate and opinionated with no inclination to obedience or conformity. And it was such a tongue twister. I was like, well, I, I had to keep apologizing to Claudia. I was like, I, this is not easy. <laughs> this is a tough one. But it's, it's, it's just like, it, it's Shondaland language as well. You know what I mean? It's always just filled with information and detail and richness. And Tom Verica, who's one of our really brilliant directors and one of the EPs on the show, said, you know, that's the thing with Shondaland shows. They're packed with dense language because the audience are always like slightly a step behind. So the audience are going, what do you mean by that? Oh, yeah. And it just it keeps you on your toes. So that the, the language being like that is no accident. It's very deliberate. And yeah, it's great. Prep for everybody is uh, very, very similar in that it is your time to really dive into the material and really start to figure out how you're going to bring it to life. It was so daunting the first week because the schedule was jam-packed and to realize that I had 40 days ahead of me. <laughs> 40 days for the two episodes. Wow. But it, I mean, it went so well. The crew is so good. We'll talk all about Penelope's Lady Whistledown dealings and more character development after the break. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back to Bridgerton, the official podcast. I imagine since you get like one scripts, one, two, and three, that your surprise when four, five, and six, et cetera, et cetera, come is very authentic. Playing such a young character, an impressionable character, it's quite nice to feel that journey as you're going on it. Because I think even Penelope in this season, she's not the same from the first to the last episode. Yeah. You definitely see a growth in her. And we also got to work. I had an amazing hair and makeup artist this year called Jenny Rhodes McLean. And we worked together on like developing her look as it went on. So you kind of like this little, like there's a connection between, you know, season two and season one in the beginning look, but then she moves forward. She's sort of becoming a young woman as it, as it goes along. And that was really fun to, to do that as well. One of Lady Whistledown's first lines read by Julie Andrews, and it's an image of you and you're writing ferociously and you're saying you've been sharpening your knives. Yes. And I have, that's the first thing I really clung to watching the first episode. Um, and I haven't let go. And I have been anxious to ask. It's the first question I wrote down, actually. Mm-hmm. What in your mind were you doing since the last season? Does Penelope have a life over the last fall and spring? So, yeah. She, so they go back to their country homes and they go out of on this. So they don't, they don't see the people that they normally see. They sort of keep to themselves. So I think, you know, she left season one, you know, having really messed around with people and especially Marina, you know, that was sort of a terrible thing. And she definitely still has guilt about that. But then I think she's also spent this time with her family who are really not very nice to her. And, you know, they sort of torment her and say not nice things to her and overlook her. So I think she's been sat at home being like, you know, I am not HBIC here, but I am in London. So when I get back there, I am ready. I'm going to just go and do what I need to do. And I'm going to get back in that position of power. And also during that time, she's developed this like pen pal relationship with Colin Bridgerton, which is so sweet. And it's like, so their relationship has progressed in that time. And I think it's a really lovely thing because deep down like she's she's a writer that's who she is and when I meet a lot of writers it's so that personality type that you could meet someone that's so quiet and reserved and then writes the wildest things and you think how did all that 
come out of you like that's amazing and that's the same with her is that she's quiet but these all these other things live in her head and she's so perceptive and sharp and witty so I think she's able to express herself with Colin so much easier through her writing you know because she's not worried about all the eyes on her she can really be genuinely herself so they've they've grown closer and it's funny with the moment you know that Colin returns from his travels it's so sweet but literally the moment that Colin returned everyone went oh It is. So that, yeah, their relationship has has progressed. Penelope doesn't even like withhold her like, (laughs) there he is. (laughs) No, but don't you know that feeling of like, that someone you really like, and you just like, you know, and she's missed him so, so desperately. And, you know, and now they probably have like, you know, little in jokes with one another and little, you know, she knows about his whole journey and everything he's been doing and, yeah, it's it's just so, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. It is. I completely expected that after the moment where he says, you're right, Penelope, I didn't meet some woman somewhere else. I found myself. Yeah. That the two of you would like sink even deeper into this connection. But it like stops there. Her levels of expectation are... I think a little too high when he comes back because, you know, she's been Uh getting these letters and I think she's going, what does this mean? What does this mean? And she thinks they have this like deep, deep connection, but he, he's not there because he's still hung up on what happened with Marina and he's like cutting women off. So like, that's a devastating moment for her. Devastating. And like all she, all she wants for him is to do is go, yeah, I've, I've realized that you're this amazing, witty woman that I've been talking to. But like in that moment, he just goes, no, you're just my friend. And it's like, you know, I don't know if you've been in that situation, but it's just like a dagger to the heart. You're like, oh, yeah. Like getting friend zone in the most like devastating <laughs> way. You've sworn off women then? Not for the time being. I am a woman. You are pen. You do not count. You're my friend. Of course. Your friend. How good to hear that. Oh, look, we've all been there. It's it's no fun for anybody. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, freshman year of college. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, unlike Penelope, would be like, okay, let's forget about it. Let's forget about it and just move on with our lives. And but she, she loves him hard. So that's not... It's not going to happen with her, I don't think. I'm so with you. And I wanted to ask you, like, are we seeing Penelope mature or are we just seeing Penelope in full effect for the first time? Like, I think it's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I think it is because I think she, you definitely see more sides to her, obviously, this time around. Like the reveal from the final episode last year, you find out she's Lady Whistledown. So then you get to see sort of behind the curtain of all the things she's been doing and how she's been getting away with this but also I think you start to see that it's given her a certain I would say a certain cockiness you know because she's so powerful she's got all this money she's like this puppet master you know pulling the strings all over London but then I think ultimately she like she's a contradiction in a lot of ways because she then is this really shy girl who would hate to have attention on her and wouldn't know how to deal with that and so 
it's interesting because I feel like the whistle down sort of sneaks out in her more so at different moments this time Mm. you really see it you know when she's in company you kind of she makes these little remarks and little things but I think she suffers also from the fact that she is very intelligent but not streetwise at all I think she thinks she knows much more than she really does and you know she sort of yeah it's like I've got this dust I've got the road but then she has very little real life experience it's all well and good sitting back and writing about it but to live it so yeah I think there's a certain cockiness to her this time around because if you walked around and everyone was saying how great you were all the time and constantly obsessing about you that would of course have an effect on you you know you're new to this arrangement so I'll say this only once what my mistress wants she gets and for whatever reason that would be you at the moment that doesn't make you special Mr. Harris princes in this town are ten a penny there's only one lady whistle down she could just as easily take her business elsewhere. So it's 18, not a penny more. And the delivery boys need a wage increase. They're the ones running around town while you get to sit here on your lazy arse. Yes, ma'am. Then my mistress thanks you for your services. I have my ideas, but I'm wondering if there was talk about why we are thrust into the behind the scenes with Penelope because she was all over the place. She was at a ball. She was at the printing press. (laughs) She was at home writing. I think because Lady Whistledown was revealed to be Penelope at the end of season one, I think they, this is the Wizard of Oz moment, the behind the curtain of how Lady Whistledown pulls it off. It's letting the audience in on the backstage of Lady Whistledown and making them kind of uh, a partner with Lady Whistledown, because now they're on the inside. And only Penelope and the audience are in on it. None of the other people in the show are. So it's like an intimacy that the audience can have now with Lady Whistledown. How long did those scenes take? They were, um, you know, we shot them all different times, all different places. But Nicola is so stunning. She just brings it every time. I mean, she's so, so good. Yeah. So much fun to work with. I just adored her. And I can't say enough about Claudia either, who plays Eloise. We shot that scene of them in the in the daisy field when they run away from the ball. Oh, can we please talk about that? Uh, Oh, it was I was like, wow, this this like a moonlit. It was. It was just beautiful. It was beautiful. It really it really was. There aren't enough accolades for Will Hughes-Jones because Chris had seen um, a field of daffodils at some point when he was over here in like when daffodils come out in March. And by the time we shot it, there were no daffodils, (laughs) but Will found enough. He found enough real ones and enough then for the, the distant ones were artificial, but he, he created a daffodil field that looked absolutely incredible. I never thought of it that way. No one truly notices me. I suppose that is what I like. When you're invisible, you can have all of the amusement you want without any of the expectations popularity brings. It frees you. Do you think that is why Wissadam remains anonymous? Perhaps. That scene, and it's one of my favourite scenes in the whole series, and I just loved how that was written. It was so, like, when we got that scene, we were like, oh, that's really special. 
you know, it's them being very open with one another. And also I think Penelope sort of letting the guard down a little bit and saying, you know, nobody really sees me, but I think I like that. And I think figuring stuff out and like just, which not being fully honest, but being honest in a way she hasn't been before. And like letting Eloise know, like know that she sort of does enjoy being part of the town, you know, she didn't admit that to her in season one. She kind of went, you know, she kind of laughed along with Eloise and like, oh yeah, it's all sort of silly and whatever, but she, she does enjoy it and she's a romantic. But I think also in season one, Eloise wasn't part of it. And then you see the difficulty of Eloise being there and how it gets in Penelope's way and, you know, going, oh God. And even when we, it was funny because when we were filming the scenes, like the things that I would normally do in, in the balls and listen and then all of a sudden Claudia would be there and I'd go, oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, how I do this. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I like so in realizing it in real life to be like. <laughs> and then, you know, we see Eloise having to debut into society. And I think, you know, they should sort of then be on the same level. And they are in a way, but then there's so many secrets that are bubbling underneath for both of them. The obvious ones, obviously, Lady Whistledown, you know, then Colin, and then Eloise sort of starting this relationship with Theo that she's not really being honest with Penelope about and it sort of just shows when there's like a lack of communication what can happen I think Penelope not really also getting how difficult it is for Eloise you know Penelope it's her second time around so she she kind of understands in a way how to navigate these things but then you know it's really like heartbreaking scene to film you know when Eloise is sort of forced to dance with this young suitor and Penelope's like, well, you know, go and do it and it'll be funny, it'll be whatever. And then being horrified that Eloise is so upset by it and sort of not realizing, oh, the, oh, okay. Oh no. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a bit of, it's a bit of, a, it's a bit of a mess. And like the choreography by Jack Murphy as well is just dreamy and he makes it so unintimidating. He's, he's a genius for working with actors because you know, I didn't think I was going to get a dance this year. And my mom, every time she'd call me, she's like, any sign of you dancing with anyone? And I was like, no. I was like, I don't think there's going to be. And then when I got the script, I was like, oh, I got to dance. Oh, my God. And <sighs> then Luke Newton is, I don't know, for better or worse, an insanely amazing dancer. So I'm like, well, I can't be terrible because, you know, that's just going to really like, he's just going to show me up. Like Luke was in musicals on the West End. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember going into my dance lesson with Jack and being like, terrified and I was like oh god okay and then like it's the awful and it's I think it's such a feminine trait as well that you'll go how do I tell him that I I can't do this like I'm not able to do it Mm. and I danced like all the way up like through from when I was like four years old to when I was 17 I danced lessons but yet I was like I do I cannot dance I will not be able to do this and then he just goes we're just marking out the steps don't worry and you go okay I'll do that much I'll do that much he's like okay now we're just going to join this to get in your book well fine I'll do I'll do that then and then all of a sudden he has the music on and you're doing it and you're like you're a wizard how did you make me do that and you looked lovely oh my goodness that's so crazy that that was the whole thought process it's just lovely and you know that Jack who's our choreographer plays the choreographer in the show that's Jack yeah we all adore him Jack Murphy is teaching Eloise how to dance. He's in the Bridgerton living room when she's dancing with Gregory, her brother. And he's going, and a one and a two. Easter egg. Yes. He's phenomenal. I'm going to go back and look at that now. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back to Bridgerton, the official podcast. So I really wanted to ask you about the introduction of Jack Featherington and the introduction of the Sharmas and just kind of, what do you think? This season felt very much about expanding the world and it being about the whole town and all of this happening. So we were really excited actually to have new people. I mean, since the end of season one, we were like, who is going to inherit the Featherington estate? And then Rupert is so much fun, really funny. He just brought such a lovely energy with him. And we were so glad, you know, because you know, there's this new person coming in. You're like, oh, God, I hope they're. But yeah, he just yeah made us laugh all the time. And was just and he's also sort of playing this. I mean, I don't know. I was going to say he's kind of a bad guy, but he's not. Re- he's like morally questionable guy, maybe. Questionable. Yeah. I would I say that. Yeah. But like, in person, we, yeah, we just adored him. And then um, I remember when Simone got announced, I like immediately DM'd her on Instagram and I was like, welcome, <laughs> you know, because it would always be my fear that people would think coming into a show that's, you know, established and there's like a core cast that they would not feel welcome. So that I just wanted like them to know like right away that they were welcome and they were as much part of this as, as we are seeing Trita and Simone and just the new element. It was really nice to see it all come together and how very, it was very exciting. We meet Kate, of course. One of my favorite moments is when she's on the horse and she turns around, looks at him. And we see her for the first time. She looks so beautiful because of Kate being the more serious 
sister and a little bit older at 28, as if that's older, but still, all she wants is to make sure her sister is looked after, that her mother is taken care of, and then she wants to go home to India. And so I just, we would just keep talking about how she needed to keep her eyes on the prize and not be distracted and not let people annoy her. She had a higher purpose than just, you know, jumping in on a daily basis. She's playing a long game. There was a photograph of her I saw with all these ringlets. And I just went out on a limb and said that just did not seem like her character. She was very still clinging to her Indian heritage and the tea that she likes. And I felt her hair would just be more simply swept back and up. And she's not trying to fit in to the fashionable hairdos like all the Featherington girls are. That was certainly, for me, a valuable point to make. And they all took it to heart. And so Kate's hair was made much more simple. Yes, it was pulled back. Yes. That's such an awesome little tidbit. Those little details that help tell the story. There's a song. I don't know. (laughs) Is it Material Girl, Madonna? Why do you think they chose that? It's so good, right? It's very much like Kate and Edwina are coming into London, very much aware of the game that has to be played and how, you know, we find out, you know, there's the sort of mercenary side of things from, from Kate's perspective is that they have to get Edwina right off. So it's like, you know, everyone coming out and showing themselves as as rich as they are and as lavish as they are. Goods are being traded like it is, you know, that type of thing. Mm. It was my take on it. Maybe that's very skeptical of me. I just, well, I just love the song too. So I was very excited. (laughs) It's a great song. That moment and her appearance and her demeanor also just really captured, I felt like Simone, Kate, was holding herself back from really feeling. Her only dog in the race was her sister. And all of her energy went to making her be the most beautiful. And that's why in that one scene where she's holding up the dress in front of the mirror and she's looking at herself in this dress. Yes. Because she has just met Jonathan and she, or the Viscount. And so she is, there are some little rumblings and she's holding the dress up and her sister comes in. Are you going to wear that tonight? And, And Kate says, no, this is for you. Are you thinking of wearing that one? It is quite beautiful. No, these are for you, Bon. We have come to London to find your husband, not mine. Yes, yes, you are but a dear old maid. Uh, who shall be perfectly happy doting on my many nieces and nephews one day soon. I shall spoil them exceedingly. You do know that, yes? There are so many moving parts that suddenly come together. It's amazing how in sync you all are. Tell us more about working with Jonathan. Did the two of you talk a lot about his own prep? I mean, his character, we really get to get deep with his character. What were those conversations like? They were fantastic. I mean, I only gave Jonathan, I think, one tiny piece that um, just where he was beginning this season. And I reminded him because he's now motivated to get married. He now realizes it's his duty. It's nothing romantic at all. It is his duty to get married. 
He has to look after his family. It's the right thing to do. And so he's going to do it. And he's got this shell over his heart. And I reminded him of one of my favorite scenes in season one is when he goes to Sienna, who he's having this, the opera singer affair with and declares himself. He's going to, he invites her to come with him to the ball and she declines and shuts the door in his face. Yeah. And I just took him back there and reminded him of the vulnerability he showed in that scene and what it took for the Viscount to be willing to give up all the protocol, all the history, all the social pressure and go to her and say, come with me. I want you to come. I, you're, you're who I love. I want to be with you. And he risked everything for her. Sure did. And sh- shut the door. So that's why when we meet uh, our Viscount in season two, in the acting world, there's always a moment before, like, what were you doing as an actor? What was your character doing before you walk into the scene? And so many times I would just have to say Sienna to him. And he, and, and that was always his kind of moment before. And he was just, he just took that little tiny piece and ran with it. And it was, it was fantastic. That's so good. (laughs) That's so good. I mean, Jonathan, I don't know if anybody told him this, but, you know, he was number one on the call sheet uh, for last season. And that person has a tremendous impact on sets because how they arrive for the day is pretty much how our day is going to go. And he just brought it every day. You know, I'd see him in at base camp and he would be in like, you know, sweatpants and a sweatshirt and a baseball hat. And then the next time I'd see him and he'd be strolling up the steps in his cutaway tails and his <laughs> boots and his ascot and his shirt. And I mean, ready, ready to go. Ready. He was just uh, absolutely amazing. He, I loved working with him so much. So Johnny and I often joke that, um, you know, we, we have so few scenes together ever. Like, and there's one scene in episode two, it's when Colin returns and then Johnny sort of walks in at the end of the scene to say, we're all going to the races today. And it was so funny because every time he walked in and saw me, he'd be like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he is terrible for laughing. Well, in acting, I'm sure you know this, but we call it corpsing when you laugh on set. I don't know if everyone, it's a really weird corpsing? term. I don't know why it's called that. Corpsing, Yeah. Yeah. So Johnny is the worst at corpsing out of everybody. So every time he saw me, he just find it really funny that I was like in their house. <laughs> it's like, we yeah, our paths don't really, don't really cross. I mean, there's, there's one Bridgerton man Penelope's most interested in. I think we all know that. But it's a really supportive group as well. You know, everyone really seems to have each other's back. I actually have never had an experience like that with an ensemble group of actors. They all were prepared. And they all were so happy to be at work. And they all brought such great energy led by the greatest source of shining light, Jonathan Bailey. And I hope I met him in that place. And then everybody else just rose up there with us. And it was an incredible group, every single one of them. The cast, they screened episode one for us together. And I flew, I was filming in Belfast and I flew back 
to come and watch it. Aww. But it was amazing because normally at, at screenings, because actors are annoying and self-critical, you'll watch and go, okay, why did I do that? Or, oh, okay, my face looks funny. Or, oh, God. But literally at the end of the screening, everyone was so excited and just like so buzzing and just happy. And like that, it really doesn't happen. Gen- genuinely at screenings, everyone's like, yeah, that was good. Like this bit maybe needs a bit of, but everyone was like, is it great? Did you learn anything about yourself, Nicola, this time around? Or did you surprise yourself in any kind of way? Oh gosh. Yeah, I think, yeah, in a way, it's such a funny process because you get the scripts and you go, oh my God, amazing, how fun I get to do all this. And then the realization, you go, oh, but I actually have to do it and make it good. <laughs> it's sort of terrifying, you know, because it, it is like being given a gift and you're like, well, I really don't want to like crash my bike into a wall when I've just been handed the shiny bike. So like filming the difficult scenes and feeling like, oh, I got it. I did it. You did it. Big red wig and all. You did it. Big red wig and all, yeah. <laughs> I was hugely honored to be doing it. And um, and it was a daunting task. But I felt so supported by the team, supported by everybody. And to have the actors be as gracious and elegant and talented as they all and funny as they all are really made it easy. And at a certain point, I just was so in it that I never stepped outside of it to say, how do I even know what I'm doing? I mean, I just was in it doing it. And it was, again, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my career. That's really nice. I think that's such a great way to end. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for joining us on this deep dive into the world of Bridgerton. Tune in next week for more from Behind the Scenes of Bridgerton, featuring Luke Newton and Luke Thompson, who play Colin and Benedict Bridgerton. If you're enjoying this show, please subscribe, share with your friends, rate, or leave us a review. And if you haven't finished binging Bridgerton on Netflix, please go do that so you can enjoy all of the juicy spoilers with us. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Lauren Homan, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Vince Dijoni. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite shows. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.